Everybody put down your pens, put down your pencils, step away from the keyboards, and get ready for this week's bout of writer's block. Thank you to Muddy Waters Media for allowing me to do this show, which makes sense because it's my company. And also thank you to Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava that I drink on this and every episode of the writer's block. Uh, also, thank you to Don and Sally for giving birth to me. Actually, I guess that should be you guys thanking them because you get to appreciate this. Also, I would like to thank my very, very special guest and now a very dear friend, Matt. I'm going to mispronounce this name even though I just asked. You got it. Matt D'Alessio. Nailed it. Yes. Nailed it. I was like, man, as soon as I started saying it, I was like, oh, I'm going to screw it up already. We just went over that. If you were to get that wrong in the last 30 seconds, <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Pleasure, pleasure to be here, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you and I met at Yalcon last week, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, yeah. Two weeks ago. Yeah. I, I ended up staying in D.C. an extra week, so everything's kind of like off in my brain. Um, I'm the same way. I went I went out to Kentucky. I went uh, golfing with a good buddy of mine out there, and uh, I left Friday morning. Um, so I'm kind of thinking, I was like, oh yeah, the outcome was last week. Cause I was only in the office for like two days last week. So I'm thrown off as well, my friend. Right. Yeah. I, uh, my, my parents actually live in Northern Virginia, not far from where Yalcon was. So after Yalcon, I went down to spend some time with them and I just kept like pushing my trip back. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to hang out here. They have a pool. I'm going to hang out just by this pool and hang out. And, uh, 
Yeah, it was a good time though. Uh, it was good to hang out with the family and uh, see all that and take a week off from doing pretty much anything. It was great. And you're going back to Florida too, so that pool is a big advantage there. <laughs> it, it is a big, yeah. Yeah, I wish I had a pool here. It's freaking yeah. hot. Like I was telling you right before the show, um, I was out walking neighborhoods for a candidate and I, I ended up talking to this one woman, a very nice woman named Bonnie. Uh, and she was like, it's, it's too hot for you to be doing this. And she gave me like a soda. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. Give me a and soda. Wouldn't that just dehydrate you anyway? Not yeah. a water or a Gatorade? Well, you know, it, it was the thought. It was the thought, you know, <laughs> it was a nice cold. It was a LaCroix, you know, it was very nice. Oh, cold. Okay. It was very refreshing. <laughs> Sure. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, I'm actually bringing you on the show today to actually not talk about politics. It's the first one, and I'm so happy about this. Because uh, you and I met at Yalcon, and of course at Yalcon, that's all anybody talks about is the different policies. And, oh, Trump did this, and what do you think about this foreign policy? And oh, yeah. abortion, um, which apparently was a big one at Yalcon. Um but you and I uh, talked music, and that was pretty much it. And that was such a breath of fresh air. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I introduced you to – who did I introduce you to? Mm, we were talking outside with Liz. No, uh, what band? Oh, yeah, uh, Kenny. Uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Yes. Yeah, I introduced you to Kenny Wayne Shepard, and uh, after that, we just sort of railed into, like, we started talking about the Stones, and if I happen to be in D.C. when the Stones are on tour in D.C., I promise you, you could come with me. So so I just want to make sure we're on the same page here. I will buy your plane ticket if that's what it takes for you <laughs> <laughs> to have that opportunity, so... That'll actually be a lot cheaper awful. than buying a Rolling Stones ticket, so that's actually a really great deal for you. Seriously. So yeah, I don't think everybody knows this, but I have permanent, permanent backstage passes to the Rolling Stones. I told I told that story. I, I uh, called my dad after Yakum was over. He's big into music, as we were talking about, and uh, I told him everybody that I've spoken to was like, "All right, so here, here's the deal. This guy seems legit. I don't think he's pulling my chain or nothing here, but he's got these permanent backstage passes for the Stones." And they're like, "All right, you got to stay in touch with this guy." And I'm like, "Yeah, he's a cool guy too." So it's not <laughs> even like it works out two ways. Yeah, that um, I don't tell a lot of people that I don't tell a lot of people that story, uh, you know, because I'm committing a couple of different crimes in that story. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. But uh, yeah, whenever I do get a chance to tell that story, it's like, oh yeah, I knew Bobby Keys when he was alive. Very mm-hmm. sad. I was very upset when he died. Like I yeah. had to, I had to call his son, and like I didn't even know what to say. That and, was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, that was um, 2014, I believe. Oh, yeah. And I uh, like I didn't know what to say to him. I felt so bad. And so um, I tell him and I'm like, yeah, no, I knew Bobby Keys and I did a favor for him. So now I just get to go to Rolling Stone shows and people are wait, what? Yep. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I've I've seen him twice, been backstage twice. It's been fantastic. Keith Richards, daughter. Very sweet. Very nice. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, man, that that story. I'm serious. I went and told that story to. Probably about seventy-five percent of the people I've spoken to since Yalcon. <laughs> you probably tell that story more than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yalcon was great, but I met this guy who's got stones to get there. 
I'm, man, the first time the first time that I went to go see him live was in Philly, and Mick Jagger is seventy five. I don't know. He's I think he's, he's up there. Yeah, he's up there. The amount of running that that guy can do, I can't do that. <laughs> and it's, he's such a, a flamboyant and loud and energetic performer. Like I, I've never seen them them play live, but I've seen videos. I can only imagine like being there and watching this guy going because I've seen like clips and right. you go and watch him for what two hours sprinting around the stage. That's got to be an experience. Oh, they, it was insane! Like because the way that they had the uh, the way they had the stage set up was the stage. If you looked at it from above, was their logo the the mouth, the sure. open mouth with the tongue hanging out, right. and the pit was inside the tongue. Oh wow! And there was um like all around the tongue was a stage. Okay. So he was up there singing and he was just running around the entire pit. Wow. The entire wow. show. And it was just like watching so him cool. just going and going and going. And I was like, I can't do that. I was also really <laughs> drunk by that, by during that show. Like there was no way I would be able to do it. Sure. Um, I took my little sister to that show uh, and she, uh, there, there is a, there is a Rolling Stone song that every time I hear it, you'll know to me. It's the one, woohoo! Oh yeah, yeah. Every time I hear that part, I think of my sister because she was hammered and she oh, was no. getting so excited every time, just jumping up and down, singing that part at the That's top so of awesome. her lungs. Do they do like an extended version of Simply for Devils? It's already probably what a six, seven minute song. I'm sure they probably throw like Keith Richards doing some riffs in there. They probably put that like ten, fifteen minutes. They probably play that, right? Yeah, most most of the songs they actually extend, and they cl- like every. Sh- yeah. I've seen them twice, and they close with uh, "You Can't Always Get What You Want." Both of them, and they bring in like whatever local boys choir there is, and have them oh, play. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah, so it's it's just... actually funny that they 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 use that as the as the encore because it's like that's what you wanted, you got what you wanted, but if you didn't, you can't always get what you right, want. You, you can't always get what you want. <laughs> but I'm like I'm pretty certain that everybody wants to end with that song, oh, like because yeah. that's song I I love that song, like in Ca- what show is that? Californication. Did you ever watch that show? I've, like, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Okay, uh, yeah. great, great, uh, great, great show. But uh, the main character, Hank Moody, who is a Mulder from X-Files, he loves classic rock and he quotes it constantly. And so a lot of classic rock music has a lot to do with each episode. Oh, wow. Most of the episodes are named after classic rock songs. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, that 70s show used to do that, too. You remember yeah. that 70s show? I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they they were doing all that. That's um, really neat. Did you uh did you get a chance? I I think I sent it to you. I'm actually going to check real quick. Did did Which I one? send you the band? Um, I think I sent it to you. Oh yeah, the Lost in Paris Blues Band. I might have because I went that the first the first text that you sent me over. I went and listened to the first and half of the second album of that first, um, uh, Kenny. Yeah, and of the second one. I might I, at least I must have listened to at least a couple of the songs because you sent me a good amount because you sent me by album, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I listened to a good amount of music that you sent me over. I'm not sure. It's not ringing a bell. The first uh, Kenny that you sent me over, 
Actually, no, I don't see a second one from you. I think you only sent me Kenny. Yeah, that uh, the Lost in Paris Blues Band, I just sent in a text. I was like, another great blues band is the Lost in Paris Blues Band. They're a blues super group. Only one album, but damn. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I know. I haven't gotten to that yet. So I use, like, I try to get into Spotify. Right. And, like, I know that's what, like, everybody's using now. And, like, I'm in the dark ages using, like, Apple Music and, like, Amazon Music. And, I mean, like, I, I use Apple. So, you know, I'm, it's, it's I'm so everything fun, Apple. Man. I know. Like, it's frustrating because like I try to get into Spotify and like I'm a little bit nervous though because like I know that you like other people can see what music you're listening to. I don't know if people are ready for the amount of like hippie like Jefferson Airplane type of music I listen to. I don't know if people are ready for that. But um, but no man like the Spotify like the thing that bothers me is like I like to listen to songs by album. I think you, you would probably uh, agree you know it's the music that we listen to like that old school stuff like they were very intentional in when songs were supposed to get played. And right. It's not as user-friendly to me. And maybe I just don't know what I'm doing. I'm not very good with no, I, I can do Google Sheets for work, but tech is not my thing <laughs> at all. Yeah, I. Uh, that's one of the things that, like, I you know, when iTunes first came out and they started doing, you know, you could buy a single for 99 cents or whatever it was, and then Spotify and people were just adding the songs that they like. I never right. liked that because when, when I was buying CDs as a kid – like I would go out and I would buy the CD. Oh, you're dating yourself, you're Matt. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I, I I don't mean to, but yeah, I mean it's it, it, yeah. <laughs> but I would buy, like I would buy the CD and I would go into my room and I put the CD in and then I would take out the sheet the the liner notes and I would read the lyrics as they were singing it and internalize them and just memorize it. And I would just listen to the CD over and over and over again. And now you buy a you buy a single for ninety nine cents, and you just kind of play it. Like I've got stuff on my iTunes that I don't even know if I've ever actually listened to because I like, yeah, I'll listen to that later, and I add, and then it's just forgotten. Yeah, it's it's not the same as it was back then. And for now sure. I sound like I am dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to, I'm I'm not uh, I'm only twenty five, but like, but I think both of us had that like old school you know mentality. Of, and like I still listen to records almost every day. I've got my record. I've got my my mom, my pops, um, old LPs, like the original press. Oh yeah. Got for some like pretty. I've got some pretty good records back home, and um, you know it's funny. Like I'll have some some buddies over, and you know we'll be hanging out, and you know I'll be like, hey, you want to listen to some music? They're like, oh yeah, yeah. Where's the speaker? And I'm like, well, you know it's <laughs> over there. Why? And they're like, oh, I'll, I'll plug my phone. And I'm like, phone? <laughs> I, I've got records, listen. buddy. Like, <laughs> We're gonna listen. Yeah. We're gonna listen to music the way it's meant to be listened to. Exactly. And we're after every you know twenty twenty five minutes, we're gonna have to flip the the disc over. But you know it's worth right. it. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the one thing. Like, because I have I have a pretty extensive record collection as well. I actually got rid of all of my CDs, but I still have all of my records. Yeah. And that is the one thing that I have that I kind of dislike is having to get up to flip it. So I listen to one side of a record over and over and over because <laughs> from where I sit on the couch, a yardstick yeah. hits play. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is, that is either peak just being lazy or just peak. Like, all right, I figured out a system here <laughs> and this is working for me. I like it. You know, it's like, I'll be sitting there doing work while I'm sitting there at the couch and you yeah. know, I'll be writing, you know, I'll be working on the new book or I'll be working on like a blog post or, oh, yeah. you know, whatever it is, or, you know, just doing social media for muddy sure. waters and I'll just keep grabbing the yardstick. Start. I love it. <laughs> and then I'll I go, it. okay. So I, don't think, 
I, I don't think mine actually has the autoplay. I think I actually, for, for the record player that I got, I think you actually have to put uh, the dial up on the record. Oh, wow. That's awesome that you got one. Yeah, mine's a little bit older. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's, yeah. that's classic right there. Mine, yeah. mine is the auto. It's got start and then, um, yeah, that's it, actually. It's got start. That's sweet. Can you play 45s on that then, too? Yeah. Oh, you can? Nice. Yeah, I can play 45s. I just have to get up to switch that setting. I can't do that from the couch. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I, um, I, don't, I think I probably told you about this. Did we, did we talk about Greta Van Fleet? About what? Uh, that band Greta Van Fleet that sounds like Zeppelin. Uh, yeah, we talked about them briefly. But not. So, um, but we, got, we, were, we were on the whole Zeppelin might be touring again. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. So we just kind of um, like we hit it, but just moved right on. Yeah. So like honestly, man, like like I told you, they sound exactly like like there's the the lead singer has a very Robert Plant um, like screaming voice, and he's got a very high pitch. He sounds a lot like Plant, and their guitar style is very similar to Page as well. And I went and saw them actually the Saturday before Yalcon, and um, I went with uh, some friends here at work. And the thing that was really cool to see was. Um, their guitar player was coming out and they were playing guitar behind their head and they were just ripping. And like the, the songs that they have out, they only got like one album out. Um, they're very, very newer band. Um, and none of their songs are really like extended, uh, you know, riffs that they're really just kind of going off. It's, it's a little bit more structured and like they went and their live shows. I mean, every one of their songs, they probably played about four or five times the actual length of the recorded song. And this guy was just ripping it was. I got to send you some of their music because I think you'd like them a lot. Oh yeah, please do definitely. Yeah. Like any any music that you find that is that you yeah. like, please send it my way because yeah. we we seem to be right on the same page on I'm this sure. stuff. Um, the guy the guy who does the intro music for this show mm-hmm. um, is the band's name is uh, the Narcissist Cookbook. Okay. Um, and his name is also Matt. So there's a lot of us around, right? Yeah, I know. Like <laughs> t- this, this show is like strictly Matt's today. Um, but he has, he's got a song, like a lot of his stuff is like poetic spoken word kind of thing. Okay. But, uh, it's, it's really poignant. And I, like, I, I enjoy it. He's got, but, um, he's got this one song where he, it seems like he's doing like a love letter to somebody. But I was listening to it, and I think that only certain people would know that he's singing it to himself because he starts talking about his name meaning – he's like, your name is a two-syllable word that means gift from God. And I'm a Matt, so I know that Matthew means gift from God. Is it really? Yeah. My it, parents never told me that. They told me it was <laughs> gift from the devil, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's gift from God. So, like – he and I, like, I messaged him one day and I was like, hey, I really like your music, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, hey, thanks. I appreciate that. We ended up becoming friends on Facebook and we talk all the time. That's awesome. And uh, I was like, yeah, by the way, that song that's a love letter to whoever, I know that's about you. And he goes, you're the only person to get that. That's sweet. He was like, how did you know that? I was like, because I'm Matt. I'm a narcissist yeah. and I know that I'm a gift <laughs> from God. And he goes, most Matts don't know that's what their name means. Mike. That's fantastic. That's news to me. I'm going to start using that. Yeah. If anybody, anybody's giving me grief, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to get from God here, okay? Relax. Right. The the joke that I always said was uh, my initials are M.R. Right, so I'm Mr. Right, and I'm a gift from God. Oh, wow. I know. Like, my, talking my, point. I <laughs> my parents guaranteed that I would not take criticism real well the rest of my life. 
That's awesome. Uh, um, but uh, Yalcon this year was fantastic. Like that was such a great time. That was actually my first one. Really? Yeah. No, that was my. That was, uh, you you picked a good one to, to be your first. I mean, it's kind of one of those funny things, you know. I, after every one of the big events, you know, regardless of what happens, we're gonna go out. Oh, it was the best event we've ever done, you know, and, and be positive about it. But th- it was just this event was was hands down the best event we've ever done. Like honestly, I mean, we had 438 of our, our top actors there. Um, I think the trainings we put on has been better quality than they ever have been. Um, you know, we're working with, you know, Patrick McGrady, the mayor of Aberdeen, um, him up there. Everybody loves him. He's just such a, a fun person to watch on, on oh, stage. Yeah. Um, and uh, with everything else, then we had we had, we had the, the hottest lineup of speakers we've ever had. I mean, we've had, you know, last year we, we didn't have Ron Paul last year, which was um, there was a scheduling issue. Um, but we did have Rand. But, I mean, this year we had Rand, Justin Amash, uh, Massey, Kennedy, who was uh, the first time her, of her being at Yalcon. Andrew Napolitano, John Stossel. I mean, the list just, it didn't oh, stop. Oh, yeah, it was it insane. Just, like, just, I was like, I can't believe all of these people are at this event. Oh, yeah. And my favorite speaker, by far, by far, like, it wasn't even close. My favorite speaker was Nick Freitas. Is he not the best? He is amazing. The, the way he, like, what I like most about him, and, and he's a great legislator, and I, and I love that about him, that that's, that's great, but, I mean, there's just something about how he formulates arguments and like how he he's such a, a creative thinker that story he tells when he's on the plane sitting next to the that's the one that social. i've been telling everybody about it's amazing and then even like the the gun argument we, we actually had um a video go out from our uh facebook page that got some i don't want to get the number wrong it was like 20 million views um of him speaking in the virginia state house and he's going on he's just making such a intellectual and and rational argument um, you know, in, in favor of, of the Second Amendment. And just watching that, he had another one that he did um, at the White House. I was actually at this event. It was very well done. Um, he's going and he's speaking about, you know, socialism um, relative to a grocery store. And if the grocery store was the government and they chose what you wanted and, or what you were able to get. Um, and he had, I forget exactly, um, you know, where he kind of went into it, but we have a video of it. It, it just, it's it's a brilliant uh brilliant arguments he puts together. He's so fun to watch, man. Like every time I watch him, like I steal talking points, you know, here and there. Oh, yeah. It's just so spot on. He, um, he told that, he, he told that one story, like the plane story was by far the greatest, the greatest story. Um, and I actually shared on the muddied waters of freedom, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I shared the entire thing that he did at Yalcon, the 40 minute okay. speech. So anybody that wants to see it can see it there. But the uh, story where he was like, yeah, I was in a, I was talking at a college and beforehand we asked how many people here are uh, capitalists and one person raised their hand. And then they had like the debate and at the end of it, like nine or something like that, raised their hand Mm -hmm. saying that they were capitalist. And he had broke, he had broken everything down to the bare, like to fourth grade, third grade level of explanation just to make it as simple as possible yeah and it's like i have something you want it we want to voluntarily exchange it with nothing else involved that's mm-hmm. capitalism and just the simplicity of how he defined it was just just perfect yeah and it was just it, mm-hmm. it was amazing i was uh no sorry go ahead 
I was making a joke to uh, Caleb Franz, and I said, man, I'm not gay, but if anybody could convince me, I think Nick, because he would just like, <laughs> he would break it down to the very simplest of forms. And I'd be like, man, I can't argue against that. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. He, he is just, uh, he, there is something special about that guy, you know, and, and um, you know, looking at kind of all the speakers that we have, I think, you know, a lot of them, like, they're, they're just so fun. I mean, you watch Andrew Judge Napolitano. You know, uh, he'll go up and he'll speak. And then, like, I was talking to some of the attendees after he spoke, and they're like, I just want to take up arms and rush to Capitol right now. I mean, that guy, he's just, he just pours revolution into every single discussion that he has. You got Kennedy, who's just hysterical. Um, but there's something about Freitas that's just so intellectually honest and, and thought-provoking. I mean, you'll go and listen to all these other people that, you know, try to make arguments and, you know, you'll see some, you know, organizations and some, you know, individuals go out and, you know, try to just trigger people and say things just to get anybody mad and, and piss them off for a video. But there's something about how Nick operates that it's just like you can have rational people. They need to be rational ultimately to, to listen, but right. you can have rational people just change their minds on their whole worldview after one discussion with this guy. It's amazing. It's it's incredible. Like, yeah, yeah listening to him talk, I... I was upset that he lost the primary in Virginia, but at the same time, the way that I saw that was when he entered the race, he was, I think he was 15 points down when he entered the race and to only lose by 1200 votes. That's a win. Like I, it, like it's a loss and it sucks and it hurts, but Mm -hmm. it's a win. You, you spread the message. More people heard about it. More people are interested. And next time you go out and you kill it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, to, to get back on to, to music for just a quick second, yeah. you know, it's it's funny because, you know, you said it's a win, but it's a loss. I'm a, I'm a big Bob Dylan fan. I think I might have told you this quote. Yeah, that, um, that's that how we got to from. Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, and I think that so perfectly kind of represents that and a lot of other things. I use this quote nearly on a daily basis in the office here. But, um, you know, Bob Dylan says, I think it's love minus zero. He goes, there's no success like failure, but a failure is no success at all. And I think the success that he had was he was just so, so good at just, you know, um, just voicing the ideas of liberty and making it very palatable for people where maybe we're not as familiar with it. Um, but maybe some things, you know, we can prove on is just getting the name out, name ID out there. I mean, Corey's been running for how many? I mean, he had his name recognition out there, right. you know? Yeah, Stuart, so, Stuart's been in Virginia politics for since before I left Virginia. Wow. So that's like 10 years now. Right. Give it time. I'm sure he'll be back. I hope he does, at least, because, I mean, that guy, you know, if we get him into the Senate, you know, to, to work out there with Rand, I think we're going to go and see a lot less wars we're going to get involved in. I think a little bit, at least a very closer to, to getting a balanced budget. But um, people like him is what we need. You we, know? Yeah, we, we definitely need more people like we need people like Nick up there. We need people like, you know, we got Rand in there. We got Mike Lee. Um, but we definitely need we need more. We yeah. definitely need more. And I. I mean, the stuff that Yal has been doing, uh, what, uh, win at the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Win at the door is it, it's excellent. Like, and, uh, you know, it's got me out knocking again. I'm not doing it for win at the door, but it's like, I'm out there knocking for candidates that I care about and that I think should win. And, uh, you know, it's taking it back to the grassroots and not just focusing yeah. strictly on the social media because grassroots campaigning is actually what wins. Mm-hmm. And Yal has been doing a fantastic job of uh, yeah. doing that. And 
I I respect all of the, what Yao does. But I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, we're we're busting our butts over here, and it, it's funny. I mean, you're 100 percent right. I mean, that's what wins. And ultimately, we kind of, you know, or beginning of this year, well, it was the end of last year, we kind of sat down. And it's like, why do we exist? You know, why? Why? Are, you know, we're going to keep on building chapters, and it's important that we do this. But it's like, what's next? You know, what are we building this youth army? Right. Uh, we like to call it towards. And, you know, listening to, you know, it was funny. Uh, Justin Amash in San Francisco at our San Francisco summit this year, um, he went up and he went and spoke. Uh, he took his entire time as the keynote and he was just, you know, angry about the process in Washington. He was like, the process is broken. Like that there's, you know, we're doing what we can, you know, we don't have enough people. And, um, you know, ultimately, you know, with, with what we're doing at one of the door, I think uh, there's two two big wins. All the all five wins that we do have, I think, are, are phenomenal. I'm extremely excited about the future these guys have. But I think the really neat thing is with Savannah Maddox in Kentucky, um, you know, she's actually in the same district as Thomas Massey's district. Right. So if he goes, decides to run for, you know, Senate and take out, you know, your good friend, Mitch McConnell. I know you're a big Mitch McConnell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but if he, yeah, if he love decides, that guy. Uh. <laughs> but if he decides to go and run for, for uh, Mitch McConnell's seat, you know, we got Savannah Maddox as the heir to the Liberty Congressional Throne there to go and run and, and keep that seat on our side. Steve Johnson, we just had a win on this past Tuesday. Uh, for Steve Johnson in Michigan, and he's actually in Justin Amash's district. So that that concept that we have of really building the bench, so that we can go and get these people, and it's not you know local schmuck you know runs for office, it's state representative, you know Savannah Maddox, state representative Steve Johnson runs for office. Right. It's it, there's a lot more you know validity to it. Yeah, I know that. Um, I know that Yao has some people coming down for win at the door, for Matt Nye, who was with me up at uh, YaoCon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's running for state rep in uh, Central Florida. So, yep. like, very excited to see what happens with his race. Matt's a, oh, yeah. Matt's a great guy. He's liberty-minded and loves, you know, just all in all, just wonderful person. Uh, one of the loudest snorers I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and that was insane. But uh, other than that, like, like, I stand behind that guy on anything. Um, yeah. But if you have the choice of sharing a hotel with room with him or not, don't. Just don't do yeah. it. That's good advice. Uh, yeah. That's good advice. Um, but uh, so before before we end, because I know I told you that I'd try to keep it to a half an hour today. Sure. Uh, top five favorite albums. Ooh. I know. I know. I didn't give you any prep on that one. That, that's, that's unfair. You got to at least give me you know some preparation. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say five albums and the order in which – is probably going to vary depending on the day. That's and, fair. You know, um, I can't not have Animals by Pink Floyd in there. Okay. Um, Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. It's hard <laughs> to not have three Pink Floyd albums in here. Um, I'm a big fan of... Um, Mm, oh my goodness! <laughs> can, can live albums count? Live albums can count, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, live Rust, Neil Young. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'm a big fan. It's not necessarily old school rock, but I'm a big fan of the Highwaymen, and they have a live album from when they they did a concert in like 1991 at uh, Nassau Coliseum, and that Highwaymen uh, record is really well done. They kind of all play the music they did together and then kind of their solo stuff and they'll mix it up. Like Johnny Cash was singing some of Christopherson's music. 
Um, so I would say that Highwaymen album, Live Rust, Animals, Physical Graffiti. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think I could not have L.A. Woman by The Doors. Oh, that's such a good, that's a good one. That is so good. I'm going to probably have to put that at five. I told you, I went out to, to Paris for the, the day. Did I tell you that story? No. So when I was living in Ireland, um, I was there for three months working for uh, the government. Our, our government's a joke, but theirs is actually like a, a comedic joke. It's actually funny. Like they don't even take it seriously <laughs> frequently over there. Um, but I was over there, and the day before I was uh, slated to head back home uh, to New York, and I'd already done a bunch of traveling, but it was a Friday. I was heading back on Saturday. I was like, you know, I never made it to Paris. I could do without Paris. Didn't really care. But, you know, Jim Morrison was buried over there in Perry Luchez, the right. cemetery. So I was like, ah, you know what? You know, I got some some extra cash to work around with. I'm going to go to Paris for like eight hours. So I went over there with uh, a little bit of Jameson whiskey for myself and for Jim and uh, went out there. And I spent probably about four hours just I had one headphone in, uh, listening to Doors music. Then there was other people that came who we were just talking about Doors. Like, I'm kind of a Doors nerd. I've read a couple books on them. Um, and uh, I just spent about four or five hours just sitting there at, uh, or standing there over at uh, Jim Morrison's grave. And then I had to write back the, the same night. It was like an eight o'clock flight back home, but very cool. Well, uh, apparently we, we, we lost Matt. <laughs> um, hang on. We're going to try to get him back really quick. Did I get you back? <laughs> Yep, you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Perfect. Um, but yeah, those are my top five. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you did the uh, like you went to Jim, you went to Jim Morrison's grave, and you did a uh, you know with the bottle of Jameson. Um, I, you know, I'm a writer, uh, and you know I've written a couple of books, mm -hmm. and uh, like the beat, the beat authors like Jack Kerouac, Neil Cassidy, Allen Ginsberg, those are like the heroes that I have. When yeah. I moved here to, to this house, I found out later that Jack Kerouac's house, the house he died in, is about 20 blocks north. No way. Yeah, so when I first got here, I, would, I didn't know anybody. I knew nobody. So I would go there with a notebook and a six-pack of beer, and I would just go wow. up there, and I would sit on the front porch because nobody's lived there since him. And wow. I would just go there, and I would just sit there and drink and write on the front porch of Jack Kerouac's house. That is house. so cool. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And it's cool because, like, he was probably doing the same thing you were doing just a few years back. You know exactly. I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, when, I, I think he died in the late 60s, early 70s, but nobody, like, apparently, if you walk in there, it's exactly how it was. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Do they have it, like, available for tours? No. The, so I guess his brother in law, I think it's his brother in law, uh, inherited the, the estate and hmm. he just never sold it. And he's just got it. Not for nothing, he can make a killing. Open oh, a hundred percent. I would pay a stupid amount of money to well to buy the house, and then I would offer tours for it. Be like, yeah, this is where Jack Kerouac lived when he died. But wow. yeah, like that guy is not utilizing that property to the best of its so ability. There's no security, or do I even want to ask? You're able to get up on the porch. There's no like gate. No, I mean, you just walk it. Like it's it's a corner lot. It's a corner lot, and you can just park there, and then you can just walk right on up as though you were just going to visit a friend. 
That's so cool. Yeah. So it was it was so awesome, cool. and I used to just go there and hang out, and because I like again, I didn't know anybody here, so I was like, right. well, I know Jack. I'm gonna go hang out. <laughs> I know him real well, so I'm just gonna go hang out with him. That's fantastic. Yeah. So what's your what's your top five uh, albums? Uh, top... I know you're not putting me on the spot. And <laughs> didn't have uh, anything prepared yourself. Um, okay, so uh, Revolver by the Beatles. Uh, yeah. 421 Ocean Boulevard by Clapton. Excellent. Uh, four by Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is where this is where it starts getting this is where it starts getting a little dicey because those were the uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company. Right. Um, Cheap Thrills, I think, is the name of that album. Okay. Um, which, if, if anybody doesn't know who that is, that's Janis Joplin. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. Um. I feel bad not having any Beatles. I was going to say Sgt. Pepper's, but. Right. I get it. Even Abbey Road. There's so many. Oh, I, they, what, what was beautiful about them is, is that the melodies they had. I mean, I think that, that there's so much that, that we owe to the Beatles, you know, in music today. And I think just the, the beauty of how they went from one song so seamlessly to the next and, you know, Abbey Road and a couple others. Oh, it's amazing how they were able to put that together. Yeah, when they did that run on Abbey Road that's like from Mean Mr. Mustard through yep. till the end, it's yep. just so good. Yeah. And then uh, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys has to round that one out for number five. Nice. Yeah. That's strong. Yeah. That's strong. I, I love that album. That album, my, my dad and I were actually talking about that when I was back home. And I was like, we were talking Beach Boys, uh, you know, because California boys. So we, yeah. we, we have to love them. And I said, which is your favorite Beach Boy song? And he said, I don't remember. And he goes, what about yours? Sloop John B. And he was like, really? yeah, that's my, that's I don't my, know that one. Um, it's on, it's on Pet Sounds. I don't remember why it's my favorite, but I have loved that song since I was a little kid and it has never changed. Really? Yeah. It is. It's. It's about a guy who goes on a fishing trip on Sloop John B. and it doesn't end well. But it. Uh, yeah, it's a. It's a good song. It's depressing as hell, but it's a great song. I'll give it. I'll give it a try. I never really got too big in the Beach Boys. It, uh, there's. A, there's a couple songs that I like by them, but I honestly, it was kind of one of those things. I want to actually hear a funny story how I got into uh, classic rock in middle school. I was listening to like the Grills song, like rap, okay. like the like rap, like songs about people having metal in their mouth. Um, I was one of those <laughs> dopes. Um, and then Guitar Hero came out, mm. changed my life. Like honestly, changed like completely. I started you know playing that, and I'm very competitive, so I wanted to get good at it, and I Fair. started just loving the music. Um, and then my dad uh, walked in while I was playing the video game one day, and he's like, "Is he?" Matt, like, you like that song? And I'm like, yeah, the song is awesome, man. Like, what's up? And he's like, he's like, we got to talk about music. And then my dad kind of just brainwashed me. He gave me his music propaganda coming in. And uh, and then from there, I kind of just started with that and branched out to some more hippie stuff. Um, but he was never really big into Beach Boys, so I never really kind of dove in too deep. But if you recommend it, I'll definitely check it out. Send me yeah. send me that song that was your favorite one. Yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, so when I was growing up, my, my parents, like, I grew up in a very Christian household, sure. so I wasn't allowed to listen to any modern music. I only could listen to what my parents already approved of. So I could only like my first, my, the first tapes 
which I know I'm dating myself. The first tapes <laughs> that I ever got uh, was the Everly Brothers and Ricky okay. Nelson. Wow. Yeah. And I, I know both of those backwards and forwards. I can sing them, you know, I know every word to every song on those, on those two yeah. tapes. And then as I got older, you know, I was listening to like, I started listening to the Beatles and like the early Beatles, like help mm -hmm. and meet the yeah. Beatles and that kind of stuff. And when I got into high school, all of my friends had suddenly started being, getting into classic rock, which was all I listened to. Mm -hmm. So for the first time in my life, I felt kind of cool. <laughs> I was like, man, my parents planned for this. I finally feel cool because I know Doors songs. Yeah. And so like I was kind of forced to listen to it as a kid. And all I wanted to do was listen to Vanilla Ice or man, I'm really dating myself on that one. Um, <laughs> all I wanted to do was listen to MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice. My parents were like, yeah. no, you can't listen to rap. And I was like, but you know, all my friends doing this and trust me, you'll appreciate this later. And they were right. And they were right. Granted, I know every word to Ice Ice Baby, but <laughs> I feel as though that is something that needs to be on the citizenship test. You need to know I, the I words to Ice I, Ice Baby. I am not at all opposed to that. <laughs> I, I used to know every word, but uh, I could probably name that half. I could probably do that half. Right. That's a classic. You can't go wrong. <laughs> you, Pledge of Allegiance, don't worry about it. Ice Ice Baby, <laughs> learn it. Because that's going to come up often. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the pledge now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Matt, I do appreciate it. I know I went slightly over. I told you I'd keep it at about a half an hour. I'm in no rush, man. No worries. All right, cool. Uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I am going to do the outro. If you want to hang out for just a minute, and then sure. cool. Um, well, thank you all for tuning in. I do appreciate it. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash muddied waters of freedom. You can follow us on Twitter at muddied underscore water on Instagram at muddied waters of freedom. And you can follow us on YouTube by searching MW media. If more people follow us, I can finally give ourselves a URL. So please follow us. Um, again, thank you all so much. I do appreciate it and get to writing because that is how we make a difference. I I am swinging from a seven-story window Throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell It's astounding the legs I'll go To convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help Yeah, I am waving while I drown Don't bother swimming out to save me I will only drag you down I'll try to use your body as a life raft Cause if there's room enough for one there I'll sail the good ship you into the sunset Sipping on savory water till my liver turns blue
myself It's a standard The lengths I'll go To convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help 